On your Friday episode of Locked On Raptors, we continue our run through the best players to wear each uniform number in Toronto Raptors history with Jamar Hines of Raptors Republic. Did Joey Graham get snubbed at number 14? We'll find out in just one second. Thanks so much for hanging. Oh, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to another episode of Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Friday, September the 1st. Spooky. It's not spooky. That's October. Uh, fall and going back to work and stuff is spooky, I guess. Bear with me here. I'm confused. This is our second recording of the day. My brain is shot. Uh, I'm, of course, your host, Sean Woodley. I've been covering the Toronto Raptors now for nine seasons on various platforms. You can find all my work over on Twitter at WoodleySean. You can follow the show on Instagram at Lockdown Raptors. And you can follow, subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast for free on all your favorite podcast apps and on YouTube. We are three days a week right now. We'll be back to five days a week on September the 18th. So keep an eye out there as we will ramp up going into the new NBA season very very soon today's show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook official sportsbook of Locked On make every moment more right now new customers can get $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started also a reminder you can join us in our discord server the link is in the description would love to see you in there great little community we got building around the show think we're gonna have some fantasy leagues and stuff kicking up this year as well so that should be a lot of fun excited to uh, hang out with the discord I launched it in time for like the last two games of last season and so it'll be nice to be in there for games this season chatting with the folks reacting spiraling all that good stuff thanks for for being in there if you're already in there if not come hang out we'd love to see it okay let's get to it on today's show we are picking up where we left off yesterday as we run through the uh, best player to wear every number in toronto raptors history inspired by this series of pieces written painstakingly by today's guest jamar hines of raptors republic jamar how the hell are you buddy has anything changed in the eight minutes since we finished recording the last episode <laughs> not a damn thing let's get to it <laughs> let's do it okay we will start with number 14 we got through one through 13 yesterday i think the pace of getting through numbers will be much quicker today as uh you know we're, we're getting into more sparingly used numbers in raptors history number 14 though lots of dudes have worn it i think nine if my number if my reading and counting is correct here uh Mikeel Williams, Muggsy Bogues, Maceo Baston, Monk Batir, uh, Joey Graham, Julian Wright, DJ Augustine, Danny Green, and Sfima Hiluk. And you, in your piece, selected Danny Green as the best number 14. And I gotta say, man, what the hell does Joey Graham gotta do to get a nod? It's not exactly a stacked, uh, you know, tier of players here. He's easily the longest serving player of this bunch. What does Joey Graham gotta do? Okay, you kind of teased this saying that you disagreed with my 14 pick, and I was like, how is that possible? <laughs> okay, I, I, look, am I, I like a Joey Graham sicko who still thinks he's going to figure it out at some point? Absolutely, I am. <laughs> okay, I now see that as a joke because I was a little bit worried for a second. Uh, 
but yeah, no, this obviously goes to Danny, you know, starter championship team. You would have hoped for a better playoff run considering what he's done in like previous playoff runs, specifically the finals, but it just didn't work out that way. Although that did open up the door for Fred VanVleet. Hmm. But uh, Danny shot 45% from three that one season with the Raptors that was second in the league behind, I want to say, Joe Harris. He was he was super consistent that year. Uh, again, went on a slump at the worst time, but it's clearly Danny. Bygones are bygones, baby. No one cares that he almost threw the game away in game six at the end. Wasn't going to mention that. <laughs> it's okay. We can mention the good with the bad because and ultimately Danny Green stay. was quite he good. He wanted yeah. to stay, but with Kawhi gone and the Raptors obviously going to use, you know, the cap situation just didn't make any sense. Yeah, it was, uh, you kind of get both of them or neither of them situation. I think everybody kind of knew that going in. Uh, yeah, Danny Green's the answer here. You had Muggsy Bogues as your uh, honorable I did. mention. Yeah. I did. Uh, I don't know. It was just cool to see a guy you know, at 5'3 be in the NBA. Uh, and obviously, he had his best moments in Charlotte. He was even on freaking Space Jam. But <laughs> he actually replace Doug Christie as a starter in a 2000 playoffs, uh, mm -hmm. just a matchup situation where Butch Carter wanted Muggsy to start, mm -hmm. which is, which, I mean, this was older Muggsy too. So I <laughs> it's think that's a choice. Deserves, so yeah, <laughs> I think that in, in itself deserves an honorable mention, not Joey Graham. No, look, Joey Graham, I, I believed for a very long time that he was going to figure it out. I was like, yeah, he, he's Danny Granger. He's going to be just like Danny Granger. Just give him time, man. Um, the highlight of Joey Graham's career is my old roommate one time scored 100 points on me with Joey Graham in a game of NBA Live 06. Uh, I think that's I the that game well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was a big game. Everyone saw it. It was great. Uh, he actually called his shot. He said, I'm going to score 100 points on you with Joey Graham going into the game. And then he did it. It was pretty embarrassing on my end because uh, I don't think Joey Graham's stats were all that conducive to scoring lots of points in the video game. Either way, let's move to number 15. A pretty stacked number when it comes to fan faves. Obviously, Vince Carter's the guy. He was your pick. But you get Jorge Garbajosa. You get Amir Johnson. And you get Anthony Bennett, Greg Monroe, and Eric Moreland. Um, but Jorge Garbajosa and Amir Johnson, a couple of really, um, I, I think, at any other number, either of those guys could have been named the best at that number. But Vince Carter just kind of has that on lock. Uh, yeah. We know Vince. Thoughts on or either Jorge or Amir as uh, runners-up, you know, honorable mentions for this uh, very, very stacked field at number 15. Well, if you did this in 2007, some people might pick Garbajosa because I remember <laughs> jerseys at the game where they crossed out Vince's number. <laughs> Garbajosa. <laughs> Uh, until his uh, gruesome leg injury, he, he, what, he was Brutal. second team all rookie. Uh, mm -hmm. So he, he had a very underrated season for the Raptors and was a big part of them getting back to the playoffs. And then obviously Amir uh, had a number of good seasons with the Raptors, was a part of another resurgent team in 2014. And I just remember Hubie Brown and Mike Tirico being absolutely flabbergasted at some of the flip shots Amir Johnson would make in the, <laughs> that Brooklyn series where they, they <laughs> le le legit had no idea how some of these shots were going in. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Game 7 against Brooklyn, uh, obviously Kyle Lowry was probably the best player on the team in that game, but Amir Johnson was, like, outstanding here, 20 and 10, I think. Yep. Um, killer second half. That's the, the game I'm referring to where they're like, I don't even know how these are going in. How is this happening? Because uh, Amir Johnson was awesome. That's how. Uh, you know, did his run with the Raptors eventually cost him his ankles? Yes. Uh, but, uh, you know, good to see Amir. Obviously, he was playing for the G League Knight for a hot second there and seems to be doing just fine in retirement. We love Amir. I think he's playing in the big three now, too, actually. So 
good on you, Amir. Keep on going, buddy. Go to number 16. Uh, Matt Bonner was your selection here. A couple interesting guys in this list. Uh, You know, Bonner's the answer. But you got Peja Stojakovic and Steve Novak. Is this the best shooting number the Toronto Raptors have ever had? Just loaded with (laughs) dudes who bomb triples and not much else. You got Jawan Morgan as well. Peja Stojakovic, uh, I believe, outside of Nigel Hayes, is the all-time franchise leader in true shooting percentage. Wow! Um, Yes, or no, I think on-court offensive rating or something like that. He played like two games with the team. It's cool. Cool that Peja played for the Raptors, a very cool player in his own right. Um, but Matt Bonner, he, he's the answer here, right? Any red rocket yeah. memories you want to throw out? Yes, and I put a clip of that in um, in my article. Uh, obviously, Matt Bonner had some moments. You know, everybody knows he was you know right into TTC and, and, and stuff. So people got to get kicked up, kick out of that, naming the red rocket. But my favorite Matt Bonner moment was him getting ejected. Uh, it was a Timberwolves <laughs> game. Where you know KG and Latrell Sprewell were here, and he uh, KG, I think he was driving to the rim, and Barner put him on his ass, mm-hmm. and KG did not like that, so we went after him. <laughs> and then Latrell Sprewell made a beeline tour, and Latrell Sprewell is not a guy you want to mess with. So he made neither a is beeline. Kevin Garnett. This is yes. like lunatic but, behavior on Matt Barner, like Spreewell, death drive stuff. But Sprewell's <laughs> crazier. He's choked the coach, <laughs> so you never know what he's gonna do. So yeah. anyway, uh, yeah, they both made a beeline for Barner, and Barner like got ejected, riled the crowd up as he was leaving. It was a hilarious moment. Also a guy who shot over 40% from three as the flip the Raptors, as you mentioned, you know, so coming in as a, as a rookie, that was pretty solid. Ended up having a quite a nice career with the Spurs, won two titles. I think he dumped on somebody when he came back to Toronto. I can't mm. remember who, but yeah. Yeah. Matt Bonner was cool. Like the, I think equivalent of Matt Bonner wanting the smoke from Latrell Sprewell and Kevin Garnett at the same time is like basically Tom Cruise doing these Mission Impossible movies, attempting to die, doing these crazy <laughs> stunts. Like it's like you get the thrill and the rush, but really, what is it worth it to jump off this mountain on a motorcycle? I don't know. Uh, maybe it is. Either way, Matt Bonner easily the best number sixteen. We'll come back on the other side, get into number 17 and beyond on today's show. Before we do that, however, got to tell you about our friends over at FanDuel, the number one sports book in all the land. And you can get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed just by making that $5 bet. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. That is an incredible deal. If you're a football fan, you're watching Sunday Ticket, you want all those games available, I can't imagine you're going to get $100 off anywhere else. So go and make your $5 bet and get that $100 off NFL Sunday Ticket with YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash on to kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, we continue on here with your first listen of the day. Jamar Hines along for part two of our run through the best players to wear each number in Raptors history. Will we have to have a part three? Very possible, because we have like 83 numbers to go through and uh, not all all the time in the world to do that. So we might continue this throughout September as well, because I am having a ball going back and remembering all these dudes. Let's go to number 17, Jamar. Uh, Eric Williams, Jonas Valanciunas, Jeremy Lin, Isak Bonga, who was uh, tearing it up for Germany uh, in the uh, World Cup. That's fun to see. Jonas, obviously, with Lithuania. Uh, Jonas is the pick here. Very long-standing Raptor. Probably a top 10 Raptor of all time, right? Oh, I've got you muted. Uh, Start talking now. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I was yes, I agree. Jonas is uh probably a top ten Raptor, and I his biggest contributions probably came in the 2016 playoffs where the Raptors couldn't make a shot. He was basically yep. grabbing every offensive rebound. He was a big part of why they beat Indiana, that they didn't blow up the team, and then he got hurt, which kind of hurt the yeah. Raptors during that playoff run. He's also, I want to say, a top five Raptor in terms of fun. Like we mentioned yeah. the Baca in the last episode, how fun he was. Jonas is a funny guy. Uh, he's a great sense of humor. Nothing more illustrates that than when DeRozan and Van Vliet both got their career high. So DeRozan, did it, <laughs> I'm talking the 2018 season. DeRozan did it first. He got the 52, which was yeah. at the time a franchise record since then passed by Van Vliet. And yeah, he came up in post game right beside him with a 52 written on a white piece of paper, AK, like Will Chamberlain style. Mm-hmm, that he mm-hmm. got her laugh out of DeRozan. And then the funnier moment is uh, about a month, no, not a month, like a few weeks later, Van Vliet, I think it was a Cavs Raptors TNT game. He dropped 22, a career high for him at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was when he was breaking out, was a finalist for a six man of the year. So here comes JV with that piece of paper three weeks later. Crosses out the five and then holds up a twenty-two side. JV was JV was funny, and yeah. obviously okay. for most of his career, people are like, "Okay, why doesn't he play more? Why doesn't Dwayne Casey play him in the fourth quarter and stuff like that?" And he finally started to do that in the twenty. 20- 18 playoffs and mm-hmm. no one was more dejected by the whole i hate to say this but the whole lebron area than jv if you remember the game two where lebron was making all those fadeaways jv was on the bench and it's rea- like he was just going through it the pain mm-hmm. of every shot and then obviously game winner in game three jv rode and died with this team and even in the 2019 playoffs he's not on the team anymore he got traded to memphis but he comes mm-hmm. back to toronto for the first game against orlando the dj augustine game I'm weird but um yeah, he he came back for that, and it's like you didn't have to do that. Give him his ring. Give him, <laughs> give it to him. Right, like man, I, it is a, such a bummer that the last image we have of Jonas as a Raptor yes. is him getting uh, like his thumb chopped off like by Draymond. Uh, Draymond machete chop, yeah. and uh, he was supposed to return. I think that night that he got traded to. The Memphis Grizzlies for Marcus Saul. Obviously, a trade I think they had to make, and I would not go back and undo it or anything like that. But a shame the way it all went down because that was easily his best season too. He was playing yeah. his ass off to start that yeah. year, and uh, you know just the defense that Marcus Saul brought. I mean, you ask why he wasn't playing in fourth quarters. It was often because of defensive stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, as much as I root for Jonas Valanciunas, I still think you kind of see those those issues kind of seep into his game for the teams he's played for in the last couple of years, New Orleans and Memphis. Uh, now, let's go to I number 18. Two, Sorry, go ahead. I got two things to bring up. Yeah. Number one, you just reminded me how, you know, it's his last moment as a Raptor on the court. The Raptors for a while had a weird kind of pattern where some of their most popular players, their last moment was very weird. Yeah. You have Vince where he's holding his leg in Detroit. That was his yep. last moment as a Raptor on the court. You have DeMar, who got ejected in that Cavs series. That was his a last bummer. moment as a Raptor. Total bummer. <laughs> and then I believe Bosch got hurt in Cleveland, and it was I think Anton Jameson might have hit him or something, and he mm-hmm. was holding his face. It's just like it was a weird stretch where some of your best Raptors, this is how this is the way they went out. Number two, uh, a guy that is not on your list of 17 players that you can find on like basketball reference, and the reason why is because he never actually played a regular season game for the Raptors, and it slipped my mind when I was making this article, and I completely forgot to mention him just for fun. 
But how about Master P, aka yes, Percy Master Miller? P. <laughs> Percy Miller. He uh, in the in the ninety nine two thousand play uh, preseason played a few games for the Raptors. Uh, if you YouTube it, there is a like a two minute clip of some guy just having some of his uh, per, uh, masterpiece highlights and just going nuts. And Percy making oh my phone almost fell going nuts. <laughs> at Percy making three, making a couple threes like he was losing his mind. I, I thought that was hilarious. I forgot to put that in. I published the article and then I thought about it. I'm just like, OK, too late. So That's I'm mentioning this it podcast. Now. It's insurance. It's great. Yeah. Um, let's move to number 18. Just three guys to have worn this number in Raptors history. Pretty obviously, Anthony Parker's the guy. You got Ben Uzo, the triple-double that heard around the world against the Nets to close out that season to uh, knock the Raptors draft status down a little bit. You got Utah Watanabe, uh, fun but you know imperfect player during his time at the Raptors despite being absolutely beloved, despite being someone who just got dunked on with glee uh, pretty regularly. Anthony Parker, though, it's always a fun time to remember AP. That guy rocked and uh, I think is one of the more underappreciated Raptors 100%. in the team's history. 100%. Very underrated. Very uh, uh, very consistent. This is a guy who yeah. was, at that time, probably their best perimeter defender uh, their be- and their most consistent three-point shooter. Uh, sorry, Jason Capono, but Parker got way more playing time. <laughs> um, and obviously, my favorite Parker moment was... The Raptors had a little stint with the Wizards back in those days where Mopi had the crazy shot because Michael Ruffin decided to toss up the ball with like, I don't know, five seconds left and it went to Mopi and he hit that shot. But Anthony Parker the next year, same place, hit a buzzer beater to send it to overtime. And the Wizards commentator was, I mean, Chuck Swirsky was great with Mopi's, but the Wizards commentator the next year was almost just as good. Where it's like, <laughs> impossible, he did it. <laughs> impossible but he did it again type of thing and it's just it was hilarious the Raptors ended up losing that game in overtime but it was yeah. like a, it was like a catch fadeaway three that went in but yeah Anthony Parker was very solid for three seasons for the Raptors and was uh, again a big part of why they kind of turned it around post events and made the playoffs I think one of my strongest all-time Raptors opinions that I f- fully believe is that Anthony Parker Way better than Morris Peterson uh, in, like, Raptors history. And Morris Peterson got the benefit of just playing a lot of games for the Raptors at a time where no one really did. And Anthony Parker, easily the more effective, positive winning player, uh, I would argue. Um, okay. People get mad at me for that one because people love Mo Pete, as they should. But I loved Anthony Parker. He's uh, he's an all-timer for me. Very cool. Also, a Naismith Cup reigning MVP uh, from his time with Maccabi Tel Aviv. And then the Raptors brought him over. And that was the last Naismith Cup. And it hasn't happened since. If you don't know what the Naismith Cup is, we don't have time to dig, dig into it right now. Go Google it. Uh, number 19, Jakob Pertl stands alone. 2023 Jakob Pertl stands alone. There's 26 games as a Raptor down the stretch. Enough as the only number 19 to wear it. Um, we love Yak. He's very good. I would imagine he's going to uh, you know, clamp down further upon his title at number 19. We don't have to go any further. There's no debate. He's, not, he's the only one who's worn it. Uh, weird, though. It's a cool number. I'm, I'm surprised yeah. not pe- more people have worn number 19. I guess that's more a hockey number than a basketball number, but uh, I digress. Let's go to number 20. Interesting group of dudes here. Damon Stoudemire, Alvin Williams, Fred Jones, Carlos Delfino, Leandro Barbosa, Mikel Petris, Bruno Caboclo, Jody Meeks, Dewan Hernandez, Daniel Oturu, and Jeff Doughton Jr. You had Damon Stoudemire as your pick. Mm-hmm. Did any part of you almost go Alvin Williams here for the longevity of it all? No, because I'm a day one person, and I just mm-hmm. remember Damon Stoudemire being the Raptors' first star. Uh, he's the first person I recognized watching the Raptors as a kid, so you kind of have to go with Damon. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it had a falling out with the franchise at the end with um because he was tied to Isaiah Thomas and Thomas, you know, left the team. Mm -hmm. So he wanted to go to, uh, it's funny. I just came across a clip not too long ago where basically he was just calling out Greg Gold Grunwald in the media and saying like, yeah, he had <laughs> this guy has no idea what he's doing. I, and it's just like, it was funny back in the day, players just, just, just saying it like it is back then. They mm -hmm. would never say something like that now, but yeah, these pool reporters around David Sardar are just ripping Grunwald to shreds. Where <laughs> now it would be like a more passive aggressive thing, maybe on Twitter or something, but no, yeah, he, like just, leaked he through just Chris Haynes came or out something. And said that, yeah, that, yeah, that, that, yeah, Grunwald sucks. <laughs> and then, um, <laughs> Alvin was great, obviously, he was a big, he was huge, he uh, clutch in terms of Raptors' first ever playoff series win against the Knicks. Uh, became a pretty good starter, you know, would break your ankles every now and then. Uh, he kind of broke down, unfortunately, earlier than he should have. Mm. And obviously does uh, Raptors broadcasts now and even uh, Canada basketball. You know, Alvin's a cool guy, but I have, unfortunately, love Alvin, but I got to go with Damon here. Alvin, former Locked On Raptors guest. Uh, Glenn Grunwald, also a former Locked On Raptors guest. So, uh, you know, there's like a, some butting of heads here between <laughs> these two options for me. Uh, but no, I think Damon's the answer. He was, yeah, the first star for the team. And uh, boy, is it good that the Raptors drafted him and not uh, like Bryant Reeves or whatever the hell got drafted after him by another expansion team, which moved very shortly after. Uh, let's go to number 21. You got Alvin Robertson, Marcus Camby, Antonio Lang, Carlos Arroyo. Royal, Lamond Murray, Nathan Jawai, Antoine Wright, Jamal McGlore, Grievous Vasquez, Matt Thomas, and Thaddeus Young. I don't think there's a clear winner here, uh, Jamar. Uh, who did you have? Remind me as I pull up the the page because uh, I, I am. One I went with Marcus Camby yeah. because he just had the best numbers out of that entire list, and he actually yeah. led the league in sh in, in shot blocking for one of those seasons. And but mm -hmm. uh, he only played, I want to say, two seasons with the Raptors. They decided yeah. they wanted more vets, so they, he was uh, basically shipped off to New York for the. Uh, Charles Oakley deal because you already had Vince and T Mac and the team wanted to do some winning. So uh, it, I think that I think that worked out for both sides because Camby was a big part of the Knicks run to the finals the next year when Patrick Ewing got hurt, mm. and you know I, I think Oakley helped Vince's development sometimes controversially, but <laughs> <laughs> I think he helped Vince's development and and stuff like that. So I think that worked out for both sides. I uh, cool moment for him. Um, he not to I think last preseason yeah when they were in edmonton and he 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 was there with uh, an oilers jersey and was honored and stuff like that that was cool yeah but i want to give a quick shout out to graves vasquez because he's a part of the raptors resurgence uh team when they traded uh who's coming next on this list in my opinion uh <laughs> for uh a bunch of four players to the kings in that 2014 deal uh, 2015, he literally had the only good moment in that sweep against the Wizards where he hit the tying three in game one and did the shimmy. That's all mm -hmm. I remember from that series. Mm -hmm. That's all I want to remember from that series. So yep. I'll give Grievous <laughs> Vasquez a shout out. Yeah, and I mean, they ended up trading him for the picks that became OG and Norman Powell, yep, which I think yep, is a feather yep. in his cap, I guess, sort of. Yes. He played like 11 games with the Bucks after that and never played in the NBA again. 
Good deal there. Uh, but yeah, I, I think Camby is a, is a pretty good answer here. Shout out to Lamond Murray as well. Very bad for the Raptors. But I did stumble across a few weeks back, Jamar, a Lamond Murray jersey in the wild. And wow. I purchased it because I could wow. not. Uh, it doesn't rare. fit me at all. It's a weird, uh, like, of the Reebok era, I think, where they have, like, the massive sleeves so, that look ridiculous. But So what do you do? You just hang it up somewhere? It's like, just in my closet in case, oh, okay. you know, I need to have a conversation piece at some point. Uh, okay. It's very stupid, but uh, this is what I just choose to spend my money on i guess let's go to number 22 as we've got john sally very cool guy alvin williams sean marks Dion glover rudy gay malachi richardson who i totally forgot malachi flynn just a monopoly on the malachi's wearing number 22 and patrick mccaw uh rudy gay is the answer here obviously yep. not the most sterling career with the team alvin williams only wore it in 98 and i didn't even know that until i was doing stretch. this i didn't even know that mm-hmm. until i was looking through this article that alvin williams wore 22 but yeah, yeah. so we can't yeah. I mean, it would be nice to give him the nod at some number, but I don't think it's like it's like Rayford. You can. just can't you can't do it. Yeah. But uh, Rudy Gay, uh, he made some. I know throw out the stat sheets and all that, but he made some big shots for the Raptors. He had some clutch moments, and it was fun to have Rudy on our side for a little bit because if mm. you remember that clip when he was with the Grizzlies and someone was shouting, "No, not this guy, not this guy!" <laughs> then he makes two shots. Yeah. Uh, uh, Rudy Gay actually is, I think, responsible for me getting back into the Raptors because I was pretty checked out for the 2010, 11, and 11, 12 seasons. And when they traded for Rudy Gay, I was like, you know what? This was the guy guy I wanted over Andrea Bargnani back in the 06 draft. Uh, let's, Let's go. I'm excited about this. And as much as it was a weird fit and didn't make a lot of sense, he very much is a rival and like a few really fun games. I remember a really great game against the Pacers uh, where Rudy Gay was excellent. And, you know, there were some moments there, despite the clunky fit, where uh, it 100% got me back into caring about the Raptors as deeply as I still do. So shout out to Rudy Gay for that. We'll come back on the other side, round it out with a final handful of guys here. We'll try to get as far as we can. And uh, we, or again, we're going to have to have a part three, I think, to get through the weird numbers at the back end of the number spectrum. But before we do that, just a reminder, Locked on Blue Jays is your daily podcast on the Blue Jays as they try to make a push to the playoffs here. It's not looking great, but it's very intriguing, if nothing else. And Craig Ballard does a great job documenting all that's going on with your Toronto Blue Jays. So go check out that podcast wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. All right, number 23, we've got uh, Dwayne Whitfield, Tyrone Corbin, Lou Williams, and Fred Van Vliet. It's obviously Fred here, right? Not much debate? Nope, not at all. What were your thoughts on the Lou Williams season? Because for me, that is one of my single least favorite individual seasons by a Toronto Raptor of all time. Uh, I know a lot of people liked it. I It drove me truly insane. I think one of the first blog posts I wrote was about his really infuriating, stupid end-of-quarter shots from the logo, which was basically their whole offense at the end of quarters that season. And I, I think it was that. just because Lou Williams wanted it to be. I don't even think that was what Dwayne was drawing up. But uh, thoughts and reflections on that Lou Williams stretch. I have a more positive memory than you. I do mm. remember those shots you're talking about. I do remember those being a little bit frustrating. I think that there was one in Detroit specifically where he just took a shot from there. And I think that drove everybody nuts. Can't remember the significance of that game, but it just did. Mm. Uh, I also remember a game against the Cavs when LeBron just came back and he was completely just hitting all these fadeaways and torching <laughs> the Cavs. I think he had 36 points in that game. So I remember that. Obviously, he won six man of the year in Toronto. I think he's the only Raptor to ever do that, to win six yep. man of the year. Yep. Uh, so obviously he had a lot of good moments. Uh, the shot selection was questionable, but I do have a more po- – and I, I like Lou Williams in Philly. So mm. just him 
coming to Toronto was cool because I liked him in Philly. He had lost his athleticism because he tore his ACL in Atlanta. So he relied on like the old old man game where he, he just relied gonna... on foul baiting. We can say it. He relied on uh, jumping into dudes and getting foul calls, which uh, did yeah, not that... translate to that wizard series, if I recall. Yes. And actually, <laughs> I totally forgot about that. And then I think Damar and Kyle picked up on that as well where they were like, a foul. <laughs> I think I think that's probably who they learned it from and yeah. they started foul baiting a lot a couple in the um a couple seasons afterwards and I think it also led to that not working so well in playoff series where they're basically trying to bait foul calls instead of just taking a shot and mm-hmm. that used to annoy me I can't, yeah. I can't lie no you 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 you're, you're clouding my memories I don't like this I'm sorry. Lou Williams was wonderful and amazing. And it was all sunshine and roses, and it worked really well in the playoffs. Number 24, we got Jimmy King, Jimmy Oliver, Reggie Slater, Sean Respert, Morris Peterson, Jason Capono, Sonny Weems, Norman Powell, Kem Birch, a pretty fun group of dudes. You had Norm Powell as your number one. Some might find that controversial with Morris Peterson right there. What was the reason for Powell over Mo Pete? Powell's I agree people. with you, by the way. I, yeah, I, yeah. Say. I, I, yeah, I know, because you you're, you already uh, spoiled that earlier in terms of the Anthony Parker Mo Pete debate. I'm a, I'm a Mo but... Pete hater, I guess, is uh, how <laughs> I'm going to say this, yeah. Okay, so I picked Powell over Mo, even though Mo's num- averages were higher, and Mo, and Mo had a couple of clutch moments, and, you know, he, he had an underrated game, I believe, in the uh, – 2001 playoffs, game six Mm -hmm. against the Mm -hmm. Sixers. I specifically remember the score. It was 70 to 68. The Sixers were coming back. The crowd was nervous. It felt like the Raptors were going to lose in six. And then he makes two huge threes in a row, and the Raptors kind of ran away with it and pushed it to a game seven. Uh, He, at times, was probably their third option on that team behind Vince Mm -hmm. and Antonio Davis. So he had a bigger role with the Raptors. But I went with Norm because... Norm had a better peak. Like, if you yes. look at Norm just before he got traded, the two seasons before he got traded, he was on fire. Like, Lights and, he, out, yeah. and he, kept, he kept getting injured and kept coming back, and it was like he wouldn't skip a beat. Remember, before mm-hmm. COVID, he was player of the week. Like, he was just instant offense. He was dropping 30 with regularity. He started dropping 40-point games. Mo was never doing that. And mm-hmm. obviously, you know, he's part of the uh, championship team, understand the grind and everything but it was really the last couple seasons with norm that pushed me over the edge and obviously norm had playoff moments of his own he had more playoff moments than pete mo pete the mm-hmm. indiana series he he saved that one when frank vogel for some reason i still don't know benched his entire starting lineup in that fourth quarter and the raptors thank came you back. ty lawson and rodney stuckey <laughs> <laughs> and uh uh and norm had the steal and the dunk where he the ball almost slipped out of his hands and kind of saved that series. And then the 2017 series against the Bucks, people remember, forget that series where he kind of saved that series where the Raptors were, I don't know what the hell they were doing for the first three games. And everybody was on Dwayne Casey, start Norm, start Norm. They did. He had a 25 point game in, in game five. So it had a cr- couple crazy dunks in that, that uh, game. So, you know, Norm's had a lot of moments, uh, playoffs and regular season where I just have to give him the nod over Mo Pete. Yeah, I think, yeah, Mo Pete was certainly more consistent. And I think we yeah. forget about, like, early Norm. Like, the rookie season was great because he was, like, this, you know, surprise summer league superstar who did the G League thing, then came up and was, like, a very useful player for them, had the the moment against the Pacers. 
But then the next couple of years were like very frustrating, I recall. And you yep. had like the Dwayne Casey playing him for like one minute at the end of quarters and being like, figure it out now. And he couldn't. And so he didn't get more run. Um, like the ceremonial Norm Powell spot. It was very up and down. The sort of him starting versus coming off the bench was always a, a, a weird sort of he was amazing as a starter, awful off the bench, but you couldn't really justify starting him. Uh, and then he just, yeah, he figured it out. That 2019-20 season, man, he was bloody incredible um that team rocked i still my favorite raptors team of all time even though they had no proper closure they kind of did i guess with the with the bubble and all that and the the, the noble seven game loss to the celtics but uh yeah i think norm over mo pete is uh, is a pretty clear one shout out to sonny weems as well what could have been number 25 let's quickly run through the next couple here and round it out number 25 we got john long lloyd daniels alexander radojevic anthony carter john salmons and chris boucher no party you wanted to go john salmons here you did go chris boucher in the piece this one's pretty uh, clear cut and dry just for longevity reasons i suppose the only guy on this group who has played more than one season with the team mm-hmm. and no i did not want to go with john salmons i don't think people have good memories of john salmons because of that kd okc game <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of not good memories, number 26, Hito Turgaloo, alone. Uh, we don't need to talk more about Hito. Ball. Ball. We got it. Yeah. Uh, and also the Pizza Pizza commercial in which he was definitely <laughs> not acting and just doing what he was doing in his regular time, eating pizza, drinking Sprite, and telling Jay Triano he was actually working out. Listen, um, <laughs> I will give one positive note about Hito. Remember, this is free. This is like during free agency where basically no one came to the Raptors. He mm-hmm. picked the Raptors over another team because he turned At what down- cost, Jamar? At what cost? I'm just talking about <laughs> like the fact that he actually did that because Portland was a playoff team at the time. And then he spurned them and came to the Raptors. Mm-hmm. Didn't work out, but at least he did that. But yeah, the Jack Armstrong interview where all he said was balls pretty much all over. Oh, also, he had a he had a cool under our underhand lob to Demar. Like you mm-hmm. don't normally see lobs underhand. That was really cool. But that's all. I'll that's remember. the frustrating thing is Hito was a cool player at his peak and uh, just chose not to do it at all for the Raptors, and it was <laughs> awful. Um, he. I, I like remember he got fatigue in the preseason and had to like miss games because he was fatigued in the preseason. Uh, brutal, awful. Sign, uh, sign number twenty seven. The only number 27 the Raptors ever had is Alex Len. Good for him. Uh, you know, an absolute legend of the game. Should they have kept Alex Len over Aaron Baines that season? Do I have to pick? <laughs> <laughs> nope. Well, you I, I, where were you? But yeah, the uh, I, Alex Len, I remember a game against, I want to say the Knicks. I, I want to say on New Year's Eve, I want to say. Where he, mm-hmm. he made three, this was a Tampa season, so he never actually played in Toronto as a Raptor. But yeah, he made like three threes in a row in like the third quarter or something. That, that was like the that was like the legend of twenty seven, the Alex Len moment. <laughs> yes, uh, go. we'll go to the final number we'll cover today. We'll, again, we'll we'll run through the back part of the numbers, which there's not a whole lot of them left um, after thirty on a future episode. But number thirty, three guys wore that number: Oliver Miller. I previously mentioned, I think in the last episode, Del Curry and Reggie Evans. You picked Del Curry here, and I gotta say, the Reggie Evans disrespect is unbelievable, Jamar. Uh, he was like the only good thing about that post-Bosch era, right? Where he was just, oh, the team stinks, but Reggie Evans is grabbing 37 rebounds a game. That's fun. Uh, I, I will take Reggie Evans over Del Curry, who, while decent for the Raptors, was extremely old and only averaged uh, like six points a game for them. And I will take the Reggie Evans joy that I got out of watching him for that little stretch uh, over top of Del Curry any day. Number 30 was a fun debate. 
You could have mm-hmm. went with Oliver Miller too. This was could have too, yeah. This, this was the good Oliver Miller season where he averaged like twelve and seven and like two blocks a game and yeah. was the Raptors starting center for that first season. He also 12, uh, seven and three. That's a fun st- 13, 7 and 3. That's a fun thir- stat line. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then he uh, he had uh bad numbers when he switched the numbers. So maybe he, he should have yeah. just kept 30. But I also remember him getting really pissed off at a game in Seattle and trying to throw a chair at Sean Kemp. That was fun. <laughs> <laughs> this was prime Sean Kemp too. Uh, yeah, that, that was fun. Obviously he got ejected. <laughs> um, and then Reggie Evans, you know, just a lot of grit and hustle. And I remember a preseason game where him and Grant Hill kept slapping each other on the ass in Vancouver and both of them got ejected. Uh, I went with Del Curry because he was a part of the Raptors' first three playoff teams. He was uh, a reliable sharpshooter off the bench. And specifically, uh, he would tend to come through just before the Raptors were to get eliminated. If you remember the 01 series against Philly game seven, he's the one that was on the court that made the big three to cut the lead to one. Mm-hmm. You thought, okay, maybe the Raptors are going to actually pull this off. Then in more, more notably in 2002, this team miraculously makes the playoffs. Vince was basically went down, basically didn't play the second half of the season. Yeah. They were like 18 of 19 to make the yeah, playoffs. They won nine. The <laughs> they won nine in a row, which yeah is like their second longest winning streak of all time, I want to say, and mm-hmm. behind guys like Antonio Davis and Alvin Williams and Del Curry. And even that series against Detroit, Detroit's the two seed, Raptors are the seven seed. They forced the fifth game, and they almost win that game. Del Curry had 14 points in that fourth quarter. He was just catch and shoot off screens. He was un- unstoppable. And... Though know, the Raptors had a big chance to win that series. That would have been a massive upset. So mm-hmm. I give Del Curry big credit for that because that was a huge playoff moment. Unfortunately, most people remember Chris Childs just jacking up whatever the hell that was from near <laughs> when he had all the time in a row to maybe find Who Del cares Curry about to tie clock that game. Management, huh? No. To maybe tie that game, find Del Curry because he was on fire. He was like it was like Greg Jennings style. He was <laughs> <laughs> Greg <laughs> Jennings? No, like the receiver of, for the Packers. Um, I'm talking about the say. What was it like carrying a team on his back, though? Yeah, that's what oh, I'm talking okay. about. Oh, okay. I that's thought I maybe meant. you were thinking Ken Jennings, who was no, 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 on no, fire no, no, on no, Jeopardy no, no, no. for a I'm, long th- time I'm thinking as well. about the. I'm thinking about like old old ass Del Curry. Literally the last moments of his Raptors career, uh, NBA career period, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. just carrying the Raptors on their back, almost upsetting uh, upsetting the two seed in the O2 uh, playoffs. All right, you've made a compelling case, but uh, number thirty, the best number thirty in Raptors history. Also, mm. Drake found a Del Curry jersey to troll Steph in Game One of the Twenty Eighteen Finals. That's pretty fun. Uh, <laughs> wearing wearing your dad in uh, <laughs> wearing your dad. Okay, yeah, sure, that's a sentence. Uh, yeah, the the, the the debate of Oliver Miller, Del Curry, or Reggie Evans, the best number thirty in Raptors history, surely to rage on for generations to come. The podcast will not move on for generations to come because it's over. We're leaving it there. Thank you so much, everybody, for jumping on and hanging today. Uh, Jamar, anything you want to promote for the good people out there? Nothing going on right now, watching Team Canada, but you can find my link on my Twitter to my previous work, and you can find this full list of my opinions. Uh, I, I believe it's in the description of this pod, but you can also find my other work in Raptors Republic if you want to watch all the, see all the five episodes too. 
Amazing. Go do that. We will uh, have you back on at some point this month to finish out the uh, run through the best player at each number in Raptors history, because this was super duper fun and a great reprieve from thinking about the current plight of your Toronto Raptors. Uh, we'll leave it there. We'll be back again next week. I think Tuesday will be our next episode. Joe Wolfon's going to be on. We're going to talk about Scotty Barnes and his uh, piece on why Scotty Barnes is maybe the most interesting player in the NBA this season. Uh, so you have that to look forward to on Tuesday. We've got Ranking Every Raptor dropping as well later today on the YouTube channel, so keep an eye out there. And uh, with that, we will sign it off. Thank you so much for tuning in. Follow, subscribe, rate, review, join the Discord. Link is in the description. And we'll talk to you again on Tuesday. Have a great weekend, everybody. Bye-bye.